Blog Talk Radio. everybody and welcome to the Women of Golf show. I'm Ted Odorico and right alongside of course each and every week is none other than Legends Tour player and LPGA professional Cindy Miller and we are the hosts of the Women of Golf show. Good morning Cindy. Good morning Ted. How are you? I'm doing fantastic for this uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, another uh, great Tuesday that you and I get to spend together for the next hour or so and uh, got a great guest coming on the, in the second half of the show and I'll tell you all about that uh, guys in just a moment but let me just remind everybody of course that we are live every Tuesday mornings from 9 to 10 a.m. Eastern uh, Standard Time here on the blogtalkradio.com network just go to blogtalkradio.com and type in the women of golf uh, and that will take you to the main page and you can listen to it uh, during the live broadcasts in, in its entirety uh, or if for some reason if you can't join us live just go to that link uh, anytime after the show and scroll down to the on-demand section and you can hear the recorded version, uh, as all of the shows, of course, are auto-recorded. Uh, if you're interested in listening through a different platform, we're also available on iTunes.com and Stitcher.com as well. Uh, just go to either of those platforms, and under the podcast section, just type in Women of Golf, and that will take you there as well, and you can listen at your leisure there. Uh, always love to hear from you uh, on the show. If you want to call in during the live broadcast on Tuesday mornings, uh, the number to call is area code 347-945-5855. And uh, for those of you that maybe uh, have questions or comments about the show, or maybe you're somebody in the golf profession and you want to reach out to uh, either one of us and, and uh, indicate your, uh, your willingness to come on the show and discuss uh, what this uh, great game has to offer, uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, you can reach out to Cindy at cindymillergolf.com, or my email is ted.golftalklive at gmail.com. As I mentioned, uh, we've got a great discussion uh, to start the show, and we're going to talk about how to network on the golf course. And then a little bit later on in the broadcast, Nancy Henderson, uh, the president of the LPJ Foundation, and she's also the chief teaching officer for the LPJ Teaching and Club Professional Membership, uh, will be joining us on the second half. And I can hear a little breeze in the background. So, Cindy, you must be out in the golf course. I am, and I'm going <laughs> undercover, so I'm not too loud. Forgive me. It's blowing. Yeah, it's windy is up there. Uh, where are you, Cindy? Yeah, that's 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 a little bit better. Um, where are you? Cindy? I'm Let's in Orlando. Well. Got... All right, I'm All walking right. away. I'm in Orlando at Orange County uh, National. I get to visit my granddaughter and see my daughter and son-in-law, and it is a beautiful day in Orlando. Perfect. Um, Cindy, let me just, on, on a side note, uh, as I mentioned to you off air, I wanted to just say something from, from the two of us uh, here on the show before we get into our discussion this morning. Uh, Cindy and I, of course, would like to offer uh, not only our condolences to the families uh, and obviously to the victims of uh, what was certainly uh, uh, an incredible tragedy here in the United States in Las Vegas. Of course, uh, most of you know what I'm referring to, the recent shooting um, and uh, we just want to extend our, our deepest uh, sympathies and condolences and, and let you know that you're in our thoughts and prayers to all of the uh, victims and their families, uh, also to um, the city of Las Vegas, and also to all of the Americans that have been impacted um, both directly and indirectly uh, from this tragedy. We want to just let you know that you're in our thoughts and prayers, and we hope that uh, uh, you will recover um, as quickly as you can, and, and I know that it's a difficult process to go through, and and uh, we just want to let you know that you're in our thoughts and prayers. Um, Cindy, uh, I wanted to talk about this morning. I thought it would be a good for discussion. Uh, we have a lot of folks out there that maybe work for a company. Uh, maybe they're in sales or marketing. Uh, and some maybe do know already that the golf course is a great uh, business tool. Uh, but there may be some out there that don't. So we're going to have a discussion this morning on how to network on the golf course 
And there's just four areas that we're going to talk about. And the first one is, uh, and I'll give a little bit of a description and then we'll have a, a general dialogue. Uh, and I'm talking mainly about golf events uh, and, and or uh, corporate clinics, uh, those types of events. And the first one, point number one, is matching your goals uh, with the formats. So as an example, the first step to making sure your golf uh, event results in a successful networking opportunity is to pick the right format. So both for your corporate desires and your attendees. So uh, the first question you want to ask yourself, Cindy, is, is what's your objective? So as an example, such goals might be including uh, using golf to impress uh, maybe some large clients that you're trying to win over, uh, maybe winning some new business, uh, or to even in- encourage teamwork uh, among colleagues and potential business partners. So, Cindy, I know you've done some corporate uh, clinics and things like that. Um, what do you try to make sure that uh, you know happens when you're working with some of your corporate clients? What do you try to do to, to make sure it's a successful event? Well, I think, number one, you need to understand the skill level of the participants. So if most people aren't golf savvy, I would want to be sure that they are comfortable. And and we probably would do some sort of a clinic to teach them how to be a little more comfortable and then possibly play a scramble. Now, a lot of people think that a scramble is uh, best ball when really – you are hitting the best ball, but a scramble is different than a best ball. So I would probably be sure that if we were going to play golf on the course that people would play a scramble, which means that all people tee off, you pick the best shot, and then everyone grabs their ball and hits from that shot. It's less uh, scary, I guess we could say, for participants, and it's probably the easiest format. Would you agree? Yeah, I would agree, and, and actually I, I was going to suggest that. Um, one of the things that I think you want to make sure is you want to, whatever your goal uh, or event is that you're having, the goal you want to make sure is that people feel relaxed. Uh, it, it's an opportunity to, to get to know one another, and you want to place them in, in what we would, uh, I guess, classify as an equal footing environment. So as you point out, Cindy, a, a scramble is a great way to do that. Obviously, best ball uh, style, either of those is often recommended for that type of event. Um, but that's normally what I do as well. Uh, and we'll talk about the clinic because that actually falls into a different point, but, but you're exactly right. That's something definitely you want to make sure that you have. Um, but I guess the key thing here in point one is we want to make sure that we're matching our goals, uh, or you as the, as the corporate uh, individual want to make sure that you're matching it with whatever format. So, you know, as we mentioned, you want to make sure that you keep it uh, a simple format that, even some of the less skilled players, if you have some there, or even your better skilled players can still have a good time, uh, but not feel intimidated. So everybody's sort of on it, as I said, on an equal footing and has an opportunity to participate uh, in some fashion. So you want to make sure that that's uh, available. There's nothing worse than, than you know, playing an event when you've not really played that much golf and you're, um, you know, being matched up with others who are, you know, much more skilled at the event uh, or at the, at the game and feeling very inadequate. So you want to make it fun and, and, uh, uh, and first and foremost, and, and even with, with clients, if you've got a mixture of, of uh, maybe some of your other staff, sales, uh, sales force or marketing force uh, mixed up with clients, you want to make sure that they're all uh, engaged and having a good time in the event because uh, it's obviously going to uh, go over much more smoothly. Um, the other one too, um, Cindy, and this is one I think that um, sometimes gets a little bit uh, – I think in today's uh, environment, I think is a little bit more um, crucial, but uh, it, and that's the importance of proper etiquette. Uh, and there's two components to this. I'm going to throw it. Really, it's talking about one here, but uh, I'm going to throw the other one. First and foremost, you want to make sure that um, you understand the rules and, and so forth as best you can. Uh, out in the golf course, you want to make sure you, you know you conduct yourself and, and follow the rules, um, you know, diligently. Uh, obviously, there there may be some some things that you can do, uh, but but the other one, Cindy, is uh, again you want to have uh, fun. The game is fun. You want to have a good time out there, and the more casual you can make it to connect with peers and partners uh, is certainly going to make it an environment. The last thing that you want to do, and this is something I've seen occasionally, is you know um, is a lot of uh, corporate you know corporations that have their golf events and things like that. Um, allow, uh, you know, alcohol on the golf course with the, you know, cart girls, cart girls, excuse me, coming around. 
Um, you want to make sure that you're conducting yourself in a professional manner on the golf course and not, you know, getting yourself intoxicated. Um, what are your thoughts there, Cindy? Well, if you are the one that's creating the event and it's for your internal people, that's one situation. If you are creating the event and it's for clients and customers, that's a different situation. So all these uh, different scenarios really matter because yes. um, it's funny that you say this about getting intoxicated. Uh, my daughter-in-law and my son both, and my other daughter-in-law, three of my kids work at a bank, and they have this event every year where they bring in their customers, and one of the girls who was running the event because she was promoted um, got totally hammered and couldn't really yeah. even talk when she was giving the awards out. And she almost lost her job over it. So you need to be very aware of, you know, you're working and you can't make a fool of yourself. So behave in an appropriate professional manner. And, and again, it depends on is this for fun or is it for a charity or is it just to network? What is the purpose of the event? So that's important to know. Yeah, and I, and I think what golf does is really not only from uh, an employee standpoint, if you're having you know an internal corporate event, but also if you're having uh, an event where you're inviting customers or clients, um, this really gives you an opportunity to um, really monitor the integrity and the mannerisms and how they approach different situations while out on the golf course. And golf is a fantastic, I mean, think about this for a second, Cindy, you know, a lot of people may not uh, understand, especially if they've never done this type of uh, event before, you know, on a typical sales call, you might be lucky to get 20 minutes, uh, maybe 30. If you're really lucky, um, very few businesses are going to give you sometimes not even that much time um, just because we're in such a fast paced world. So, um, Number one, you've got very limited time to, to do your presentation, but you also have very limited time in a 20-minute in or even a 30-minute uh, sales call or presentation uh, to really gauge, uh, you know, get a feel of, of your clients and vice versa. But out in the golf course where you might be out there for three, four, or five hours, depending on the, the, the event that you're holding, now you get a much longer and more in-depth look at the individuals that you're uh, your prospects as an example, or even existing clients. And there might be situations, Cindy, and I've been this myself where, um, you know, in, when I was in a different industry before and, and holding events, and there were some customers or potential customers that came up that by the end of the four or five hours, I didn't want to have them as a, as a client. Um, just the way they conducted themselves, their integrity, their mannerisms out on the golf course really spoke volumes to me. And that's you know, something that, that uh, you know, golf can do, can really shed the light on, on how people handle themselves under pressure situations, especially, uh, you know, the CEO or owner of a company. Uh, it gives you a good insight on how they handle themselves. Uh, what are your thoughts there? You are so right. And, and trust me, I, I, my Golf 101 book for executives, I speak to this. What are you revealing mm -hmm. on the golf course? And you yep. have no idea, you know, here's the other part. You do not want to talk business the whole time. You no. need to allow your customer, whatever, you know, your associate, your client to learn about you. And if you stand behind people, if you talk too much, if you are always pushing to get an order or talking too much about business, you're going to drive them crazy and you're going to lose a customer. But just like you said, I totally agree with you. Yeah, and, and that's another thing. I've, I've played in events, um, you know, years ago when I was on a, actually on a sales force. And, and obviously being involved in golf and, and being very close with the game, um, you know, I knew a lot of these things very early on. But I, I worked with individuals that maybe were not familiar with this in, environment. And they did exactly that, um, what I call a taboo is they'd get out on the golf course and they were just going, you know, just crazy talking about the company, talking about sales and talking about this. And you could tell that the client was becoming very uncomfortable. So there were occasions where I would have to sort of, you know, pull them aside and, and in a polite way, just basically say, shut up. 
you know, we're out here to have a good time, have fun. You know, we can talk a little business or a little shop after, but let, let the client enjoy themselves. That's why we invited them here and, and sort of a get to know a meet and greet and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and you're exactly right as well. Uh, you know, you need to be um, cognizant of that. Um, you also mentioned uh, in the first part, uh, Cindy, and, and I knew this was coming up in, in, in point number three, and that's what we call the clinical approach. And among the many choices available uh, for planners of golf events, whether it, uh, it, it's whether to have a pro on hand or hold a, cl- a golf clinic before or during the event, um, I think is, is, in my opinion, a must regardless of the event. I, I think um, even if it's just a, a group of, of um you know your fellow employees. If it's a, if it's a, like you you said with your um, your kids there having the bank uh, invite customers and that. Uh, even if it was an internal event, I think it's uh, really a great idea to have a, a professional there included in the event to host some sort of a clinic uh, um, during that. And um, what what are your thoughts there? And what are some things that you like to do when when you're involved in an event? Well, again, it, de- it depends on the purpose of the event, but if you are trying to help novices become comfortable on the golf course, then absolutely correct. It is imperative that you bring in a professional and have a short clinic, not to confuse people, but to help them become more comfortable on the course. So I think that's an added benefit, and I think it shows that you're concerned for um, their possible emotions and fear for participating, if you help them become comfortable, they realize that you care about them, and that is of utmost importance. Yeah, and, and the key thing for, for any professionals that might be tuning into the show this morning, uh, and I know most of you out there know that, but just I just want to throw that out there. The one thing that you don't want to do uh, if you've been invited or if you're included in, in an event like this, this is not an opportunity to you know, reinvent somebody's wheel or change their, their swing drastically. Um, you know, you may want to give them some tips and that to, to help make their experience better out there, but you don't want to get into, um, you know, diagnosing and, and trying to fix uh, whatever issues they may be having. Uh, unless they're very, very minor, you might make a, a minor tweak, uh, but you don't want to get into to any sort of major overhaul at an event like this because there's nothing worse than doing something like that and the person goes out there and, you know, they may not have been a great player to begin with, but they're now they're even worse. Um, that's not going to be good for your business down the road. Um, one of the things that I like to do um, besides uh, actually hosting a clinic, Cindy, uh, you know, maybe out in the driving range before, uh, or maybe even a little chipping or putting clinic uh, is might even do a demo. Uh, might talk about some of the latest trends out there. Might talk about maybe uh, something new on the equipment scene that might be uh, of benefit that people might want to be engaging. So there's a lot of different things that you can do um, as a professional. And uh, if you do it right, a lot of times uh, you can almost be assured that you're going to get uh, some business out of that yourself. Uh, people will see that. They'll see that you're uh, a person of integrity and, and that you're there to help. And even if you're not uh, a member of that particular organization, they may want to come out and, uh, and say, hey, you know, I, I think I'd like to maybe take some lessons uh, or get into a program with you. So um, you're certainly going to have an opportunity to get business. And also at these events, um, a great thing to do is, is open up with a, ca- a casual maybe barbecue lunch or optional, uh, as I said, instructions for those that want to brush up on their rounds. So that's something, too, that uh, you want to make sure that you have an event. You want to make it an uh, uh, an inviting environment uh, for, for your potential clients. And the last one, Cindy, and this is where it gets to what we talked about earlier, and that's playing the business card. And obviously the most uh, more important aspects of networking can take place at the end of the tournament. So uh, post-game reception, maybe they might have one. Um, and obviously you want to follow up if, if it's uh, uh, an event where you've invited clients. Um, you want to get to know these people better, obviously, throughout the day. And if you want to play with them again, uh, this is the time to invite them at the end, not wait until they've you know driven off and gone home. Um, what things do you try to encourage to some of the uh, events that you worked with that they do um, to, to sort of capitalize on this? Anything specific? Not really. I would just feel them out. I mean, becoming a people person and becoming aware when you're in your conversation what's important to your customer, client, or person that you're playing with. Um, ask them questions, how many kids do they have, what do they do, what do they love about their job, you know, just get to know them. I, I call it a 
seed planting. Um, so again, I have a great story. The reason I'm down in Florida is because I played in a pro-am about 10 years ago on the Legends Tour for Dwayne Reed, which is a chain of pharmacies in Manhattan. And I was paired with the chief uh, technology officer, and we had a ball. We played at Ridgewood Country Club in New Jersey. And I, you know, I have fun in pro-ams, and I had never met these people before. And we exchanged business cards at the end, and I said, you know, if you ever need anybody for anything, let me know. I had a great time. Thank you so much. And um, a year later, this man um, reached out to me and said, I don't know if you remember me, but we played together in this poem, and we had so much fun with you. I'm a member of a buying group for telecom, and we have national meetings twice a year, and we would like to know if you and your husband would be able to come and do a clinic for us. And I hmm. think it was eight or ten years ago, and I can't tell you how many times we've been invited. We've now, in fact, they call us the family, and we're down here <laughs> visiting our daughter and son-in-law for a day or two, and then we're going down to the Boca Raton Hotel and Resort to do a two-day event for this company. And we have done it every year wow. since. So I had no idea that being friendly on the golf course and exchanging a business card, a year later the man would invite us to come to his event, and 10 years later we're still doing it. Yeah. So you, you, just, know, you some... don't know how long it might take. It's called a touch and a seed. Yeah, well said. And, and you're exactly right, Cindy. And, you know, I can remember earlier on, one of the things that I used to love doing is, um, especially when, when my earlier times teaching, is I used to go as a single uh, to some of my local courses and that, um, that, I, that I played frequently, and I would jump in a group. And obviously, you know, depending on the circumstances who I was paired with, obviously, you know, through the dialogue and conversation, I would uh, discover that, you know, maybe they owned a business or maybe they were an executive in, in a business. And I always made sure to carry some business cards along and through the conversations um, and, and, you know, I would never sort of thrust my, my opinions uh, on their golf game, but I certainly made it known that what I did for a living, um, you know, known throughout the, the day. And if they solicited or asked me for, for specific advice, then I would be more than happy to give it to them. But I did that because, as a way of networking because, you know, if you're showing up at the golf course with your friends and things like that all the time, uh, which there's nothing wrong with that, uh, it doesn't give you an opportunity to really network as a golf professional. And, uh, you know, the only time you do it, obviously, was your, when you're working at the course. But, um, again, you're sort of waiting for people to come to you. But a great way to get out there and mingle uh, with everybody else is to, is to do that. The other thing, too, it, what, you know, the, often the, the receptions do is, um, you want to make sure, as I mentioned earlier, you want to make sure it's casual enough to encourage, uh, you know, a continued flow of conversation, really help uh, to foster new relationships, as, as you've just pointed out. Um, and uh, also, as I mentioned, you know, you might want to have something simple, maybe a barbecue uh, can be a popular choice uh, as, a, as a, a meal, if you will. Um, and also, what you want to do is whether for business or pleasure, golf is a great bonding experience between individuals. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to, to establishing a positive relationship both on the golf course um, for business but also for personal. I've made a lot of great friends over the years uh, just on the golf course that I have zero business relationship but I have a friendship with. So there's a lot of different opportunities. Uh, so networking on the golf course, if you haven't done it, um, you want to make sure that you really give it some serious uh, consideration. In fact, uh, just to give you a very quick story of my own here, this past weekend I was in a Barnes & Noble with Carol, uh, Carol, my girlfriend, of course, um, and this gentleman and I happened to be in the same section of the business uh, area of the bookstore, and I was just looking around for a book, and he was looking at a book particularly, and he kind of looked up at me, and we just started a dialogue. And this is a gentleman who is uh, serving, currently serving in the Air Force, um, but he's very interested in, in stocks and marketing and all this kind of stuff. And somehow, of course, golf came into the conversation. And, uh, you know, I exchange information with him. And he's never really played a lot of golf, but he's interested. And he realizes the benefits of, um, you know, golf networking and that. And when he finishes his, his uh, 
stint in the Air Force, uh, he's already got plans, uh, you know, for business, what he wants to do when he gets out. And he recognizes the fact that golf can be a great asset for him. So there's an opportunity in a bookstore, not in the golf course, in a bookstore um, that I was able to make a connection. So we'll see what happens. But um, there's a lot of opportunities out there. And Cindy, I'm sure you've got a thousand uh, stories very similar that you could probably share as well. Absolutely. You just have to be open-minded and be friendly. Yeah, exactly. Um, Cindy, I see that uh, our very special guest is is ready, so let's bring her on. Uh, as we mentioned earlier at the beginning of the show, Nancy Henderson is uh, our guest this morning. She serves as both the president of the LPJ Foundation and the chief teaching officer for the LPJ Teaching and Club Professional Membership. Uh, in these roles, she provides strategic vision as well as supervising the day-to-day operations of both organizations uh, within the LPJ. Uh, Nancy, with her teams at the LPJ, are tasked uh, to create innovative programs and activities that both uh, support uh, the overall goals and mission uh, of the association. She's a Class A member of uh, both the LPJ and PGA, and prior to joining the staff at LPJ headquarters, uh, Nancy was the Director of Golf and General Manager at the LPJ International Golf Course, uh, course excuse me, uh, which was the home course of the LPJ for over seven years. Uh, in 2001, she received the LPJ National Professional uh, of the Year Award for her accomplishments uh, at LPJ International. Uh, she's a native of Clearwater, Florida, and a graduate of Southern Methodist University in Dallas, uh, where she earned a four-year scholarship as a member of SMU's women's golf team. A two-time U.S. Open participant, her playing accomplishments include uh, more than 300 tournament victories and 13 holes and one. So without further ado, let's welcome our very special guest this morning, Nancy Henderson. Good morning. Well, good morning. How are both of you? We're doing great. We are. I had no idea fantastic. you won over 300 tournaments. Wow. Well, you know, when you start <laughs> playing when you're eight, they add up quickly. Holy cow. <laughs> I am totally impressed. Uh, you so, know, well, I got I to jump in. Let me, let me just ask Cindy, I got to jump in real quick on that note. Let me just say, when I first saw that, I thought, that's got to be a typo. And then I read a little further in the, <laughs> down the line, and it said 13, 13 holes in one. And I was, I was blown away by the tournaments, but then I was even more blown away. 13 hole-in-ones. Wow. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's interesting. I have lots of great things in my bio, but the 13 hole-in-ones is always the one that, that people want to talk about. And, you know, you always have to be just a little bit lucky to have a hole-in-one. So fortunate for me, I've been a little lucky since my um, very first hole-in-one at the age of eight. And I've kind of been stuck on 13 now for a while, so I have to work on that one. Eight? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Eight years old. One, uh, got the first hole in one. Okay. Crazy. Yeah. I know. I'm coming over for a lesson. <laughs> yeah, really. Anytime. Me, me too. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you had a question. Go ahead. Okay. So we're very excited about the LPGA Women's Network. Can you please share what this is? to our listeners so that they can join and become involved and learn all great things LPGA. Well, absolutely. And uh, the Women's Network kind of came out of our strategic planning process. As you know, our Commissioner Mike Wan, um, you know, has been focused on kind of getting the LPGA tour and the teaching and club professional and the foundation um, kind of growing and moving in the right direction, which we are in all of those areas. And now we're kind of in a position where we want to take more of a leadership role in terms of women's amateur golf, because as you know, the, the LPGA is all about providing opportunity for professionals in the game, and our foundation is really focusing more on girls and getting girls in the game. So um, it seemed to be kind of a piece that was missing, and we wanted to not only get more women in the game, but provide a platform for where all women in golf kind of have a voice, a place to go to to find out tips from someone like a Cindy Miller, um, where they can get discounts from our LPGA partners, and where really they can just kind of engage with other women in golf, find somebody to play with and or a tournament that might be available for them that they may not be aware of. So for us, it's a, a new strategic initiative, and our goal is to get more than a half a million women engaged in our network in one way or another by 2020. We currently have about uh, 50,000 as part of our 
email database and and of course through our social and our other platforms we have even more women that are starting to find out about it and get excited about um, this kind of new platform and our most recent newsletter that came out yesterday was all about fashion so for me um, you know I'm having fun just kind of learning uh, new things myself that's awesome wow yeah I, I I actually saw the the some of the recent posts that you've had through social media, Nancy, uh, in, with the launch of of the uh, LPGA Women's Golf Network, and it, and actually I, I navigated on the site uh, the other night, just taking a look at some of the different things, and and uh, whoever's been involved in putting that uh, website together did a phenomenal job. Yeah, there's lots of fun, cool things, too, you know, like how the pictures are in black and white, and when you hover over them, they turn in color, and if you actually join the network, you kind of get a nice little confetti shower, and I mean, there's just some kind of fun things that we've had fun playing around with, and there's still two pieces to come. We haven't um, added our video platform yet. Our intention is to get um, that going uh, before the end of the year, and then our, our we'll have a master calendar of events that will actually launch in the new year, so... All of the state golf associations, all of the women's organizations will be able to actually have their events and their offerings listed in one place. So for us, it's uh, pulling all those groups that are doing great things together in the women's space together uh, and just making it easier for women to find what they're looking for. Yeah, and it's a gr- yeah, it's a great platform. And, and one, the one thing I like about it as well, Nancy, is – um, it's not just a site to go and, and see the different things that the not only the LPGA but women's golf in general has to offer, but it's also it's designed to help uh, women connect with one another, correct? It is, and um, there's kind of a great chat room too, which is already um, – uh, growing and uh, you know obviously through Twitter and through social media everybody's connected there but the chat allows you in a, a more private space to kind of engage with those who are part of the network and um, you know when you want to ask a question and you're not sure if it's a good question or it could be a stupid question um, it's a great place to uh, to ask that question and to get your answer yeah it, it, it's How very well done you guys doing that you just go on um, the Women's Network, and there's a chat feature, a little bubble right at the top, and click on that, and you can ask any question, and, and we answer them. Wow, that's great. So it's yeah, a safe it is. place. A safe place. That's What's awesome. some of the uh, – Nancy, now, let me ask you something. Since you've, you've had a lot of feet. Sorry, you've had a lot of feedback uh, over the years from, from women in general that have gotten into golf. What have been some of the more common questions that, that women, first-time women that have never played the game before ask? What are, what are they looking for? What are, questions do they typically ask uh, as sort of a newbie, I guess, to, to golf? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. Um, we've been looking in terms of the industry. I'm part of the, the Golf 2020 Women's Task Force, how women do kind of take up the game. Because as you know, it's one of the fastest growing segments in golf who are taking up the game. But unfortunately, um, they're also one of the fastest, the fastest growing segment who, who leaves the game. So, you know, how are they introduced? And, you know, is it in a positive way that makes them comfortable and make them feel welcome and want them to stay? So, you know, from an LPGA perspective, we've launched a new uh, initiative called LPGA Golf 101. And what that is, is it's um, six sessions where, as a woman, you can learn golf with other women from a female teacher. And what we found is, just like in our girls' golf program, when we keep girls with girls, the retention rate is about 50% better. Well, with women, if you put them in a group setting and there's, you know, eight guys and two women, which is about the ratio, the women can't help comparing themselves to the men. And it's still not a comfortable space because the percentages are just not there. So, you know, we know right. through our new LPGA Golf 101 um, Intro to Golf program that women can learn golf in a comfortable space and can ask those questions. And a lot of it has to do with what to wear. A lot of it has to do with, do I really need golf shoes? Um, is it okay for me to use my, my husband's clubs? Those are the kind of questions a lot of times women who are taking up the game, you know, want to know and need to know. Even something as simple as, you know, where do I go to check in? Do I meet you on the range? You know, uh, women are just also better with other women. So in a group environment where, 
<clears throat> they can create their own group or bring another woman with them to participate in one of those programs, um, it's just um, a better chance we have of keeping them engaged. And, you know, they have a role model in their female LPGA instructor that they can look at and go, wow, she can really hit the ball. Look at that Cindy Miller go. I want to be and I can yeah. do it because she can, um, which is a lot different than watching a male professional hit the ball, you know, 300 yards. They just – they. They don't relate, even though that male teacher may be very good and, and certainly may be a good instructor. It's just not that same kind of role model that they have um, in that female teacher. Yeah, you're, you're exactly right. Well said. Cindy, go ahead. So I am going to do the Golf 101. How do um, – are you linking the Golf 101 to the LPGA Women's Network? How would our listeners find – an LPGA pro that they could do the Golf 101 course with? That is a great question, Cindy Miller. Thank you for asking that. Appreciate it. Um, we are right now building that landing page. As you know, we're reaching out to professionals who want to host a program. Um, we've created a list. We already have over 100 LPGA professionals who have agreed to participate in this program. So you would be able to, in the next couple of weeks, go on our LPGA Women's Network. There is an instruction tab. And you can click on that, and you would be able to find our LPGA Golf 101 program not only under the Instruction tab, but also under the Connect tab because it's a way that women can connect with a group instruction and with a group teacher. So there's several different ways you can go in and find that page once it's there. Um, we'll be officially launching the LPGA Golf 101 program in January, but there are a lot of our professionals who are um, starting to host them even now. So... I would say in the next week or two, for anyone who is looking for an LPGA Golf 101 instructor, the LPGA Women's Network is the place to go to connect um, with a with an LPGA teacher who's hosting a program. Perfect. Awesome. Wow. Yeah, you guys have got some great things that uh, up and coming and, and have been in place. And one of the things that, you know, Cindy, you and I have talked about this on the show, one of the things that really impresses me uh, about the whole LPGA organization uh, and the direction that it's going is are they innovative new tune that they're presenting, but they're just really creating a lot of excitement within the women's golf market. And Nancy, as you pointed out, that's why it's the fastest growing market uh, out there right now. In fact, if you guys can patent that and sell it to the men, maybe they can catch up and, and do something on, on their end as well. But you guys have just done a ph phenomenal job um, just growing the LPJ uh, organization and, uh, and, and really encouraging a lot of women. Um, I, the question I want to ask you real quick, and then, and Cindy, I know you have some more as well, uh, Nancy, is this. You know, Cindy and I were just talking about really networking on the golf course, and this is something that a lot of women are starting to learn about now. They're, they're not only learning about the golf game itself, uh, but they're learning about networking through business. Um, what are some initiatives um, that you're doing uh, through the LPJ right now to really encourage women that are involved in business to really uh, add golf to the repertoire. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We have started to do more and more um, women's golf days as part of our LPGA um, tournaments. And, um, you know, we bring in business women, and we, we basically talk to them about just that, the benefits of networking on the golf course. And, and Cindy can certainly agree to this. One of the major deterrents as to why women don't actually participate in business golf activities is they feel like they are not good enough. And even though they play and they play quite well, um, the perception is, especially for women, um, that they have to be really good at it to participate. And it's just a male-female thing. You know, the statistics show that men will apply for a job that they're not qualified for, where a woman, if they're qualified for 99% of it, um, won't just because of that 1%. Well, it turns out it's the same thing in golf. Studies have shown that, yeah. you know, women actually um, who have a better handicap than a male might be hesitant to sign up. So one of the things we tell them is, you know, business golf is not competitive golf. In most cases, it's a scramble format. It's a fun format. If you yep. can, you know, hit the ball off the ladies' tees, a lot of times they're going to use your drive. If you can putt, they'll certainly be the most popular person in your foursome if you can make the birdie putt. So, yep. you know, I think it's just getting them to break that barrier and to jump in uh, because once they do, that's five and a half hours of quality time a lot of times on 
you know, the golf course for them to interact with the people that they want to do business with or to impress a colleague or a boss. And um, they miss out on that opportunity by not you know, check in the box. Yes, I'll play. And uh, that's, uh, that's really kind of our message that we're trying to hit home with, with business women. Yeah. And that's a great point. Yeah, you're exactly right. Cindy, go ahead. Now these events, are they open to anyone or do you have to be invited by a sponsor? So what if our listeners wanted to be involved in one of the events at a tour event? Yeah, they're all a little bit different. Um, as you may or may not know, our LPGA tournaments, we have about 35 of them. Um, some of them are owned and operated by the LPGA, um, a handful of them, our Founders Cup event, our Kia event, our Solheim Cup event. Um, most of the others are run by um, really a tournament organization like an octagon or a img or a bruno events team that all they do is run golf tournaments for the title sponsor so for instance um you know the kpmg women's pga championship puts on a wonderful um, LPG uh, leadership summit for female executives and KPMG as the title sponsor drives that. So in that case, it's an invitation only. Some of the others are um, like our event that we have in Dallas um, is open to all women in the area. They put the word out and, and you can kind of sign up. So it just depends on the event, but you know, if there is an LPGA tournament near you, it's real easy. If you go on that tournament website, um, they'll have a Women's Day link, and, and you can find out from there if it's an open event or if it's one that's invitation only. That's great. Hmm. Very interesting. Super. What, um, what about programs? And I, I know that there's all kinds of different programs out there in the industry, um, but another one that, that I think is is very popular um, with women and, and would certainly encourage even more women to get involved is uh, sort of a cross promotion, if you will, between a, a women's program and a junior program, meaning um, a lot of women want to, you know, may have to involve their children or would like to involve their children in some kind of a program that they could both participate in. Obviously there's a lot of women out there that maybe um, their, their little ones are, are, are uh, too young to, um, to maybe go out on their own. Uh, and maybe the women are hesitant to get involved in golf because they don't have the means to have a babysitter or something to, to take that much time away. Is there a program or are there programs available for women who have young children that they can sort of participate together in? Yes, um, there is, and, and that's something we hope to do more of. Um, our LPGA USGA Girls Golf Program is actually in over 400 communities across the country, and it's really for girls ages 6 to 17. And um, it's an all-girls environment, so girls can participate with other girls, and we have our LPGA Tour ambassadors that are uh, represent the five E's of girls' golf, so we not only teach them first and foremost the game of golf, but then we kind of connect them with um, life skills that benefit girls, like um, empowering them um, to believe anything is possible and empower our empower ambassadors, Brittany Lincecombe. So they'll learn about how to hit the ball far, they'll learn about what empower means, and then they'll actually connect with a Brittany Lincecombe. What's great about that girls' golf program is, depending on where it's located, um, programs run like in the south here in Florida throughout the country, in the northeast where Cindy's located, probably only during the summer months. But we always invite the moms to come along. Um, In a lot of cases, the moms are volunteers. So they actually get to participate in the program to help and learn as well. So if I'm a a mom bringing my daughter, I can sit on the sidelines and watch, or I can actually volunteer um, and can kind of benefit from that great instruction that um, the pro is giving to the girls. And, um, you know, it's a great family activity. A lot of times it's not just moms. It may be a dad that comes, and um, that dad really can spend that quality time with the the daughter. So, um, you know, as we said before, you know, the fastest-growing segment in the game of golf right now are girls under the age of 18. It's up 51% since 2010. And what that equates to is – for 100 years, junior space looked the same as adult space. There were 17% girls, and the balance were boys. And today, um, thanks to the efforts of programs like our Girls Golf Program, 
over 33% of all the juniors that play are girls. So we have almost doubled the number of girls in that space, Um, something the industry really should be talking about more because what that's going to equate to down the road um, is going to be a better mix of male-female golfers. Our goal is to get it to 50% um, girls playing, and um, we really feel like that will translate to more women in the game 10, 20 years from now. Absolutely. That's fantastic. That, that's incredible. Let me ask you just one final question for me, and then, then Cindy, I know you have, may have some other questions. Um, as instructors, male or female, what would you recommend that we do? What can you suggest to us to do to encourage and, and to foster the involvement of more women? What would you say as an instructor, um, here's what I would recommend you do to encourage and invite more women to play this game? Yeah, first of all, I think the invitation should come from another woman. I think as women, it's our obligation who play to invite other women to join in. Um, That's probably the most powerful recruiting tool out there. And then just like with men, unfortunately, the industry sometimes tends to treat women as a one-size-fits-all um, find right. out the reason why that woman is playing and and be sure to deliver that because um, not all women want to be competitive, um, but yet there mm-hmm. are some women who are getting into golf because they do want to be competitive. They want to go and um, be just as good at golf as, as a male who plays and, and will dedicate their time toward that. So I think first and foremost is, you know, spending the time asking the questions to find out their why. Why are they playing? Why are they interested in taking up the game so that we can deliver that? And then the other thing I would say is creating a fun environment. I mean, I know from our girls golf program, creating that fun space. You know, I talked about that empower day. Well, if that empower day ends with the girls getting to take their, you know, driver and break a water balloon and be empowered to get that feeling of busting that water balloon. And it's fun (laughs) and it feels good. And it, it's something when they go home, they're going to talk about, you know, and um, feel good about and enjoy. So um, we need to kind of you know, break through that, you know, this is the traditional golf space and um, try to make golf more, more fun and, and uh, you know, just easier. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think that um, one of the detractions that a lot of, I've heard a lot of women say to me is they look at it from a competitive standpoint and they just don't fit. Well, I'm never going to be that good or, you know, I'm, I'm not going to play on the LPGA tour. So it's just not for me. And there's a misconception out there, both male and female, but particularly with female that they think that it's purely a competitive game. And it's really not. There's a, a lot of fun that can be had. You don't necessarily have to be the best golfer out there. There's a lot of things that you can do to encourage them just to go out and have a great time and, and uh, a great way to, to socialize uh, with other women out there. Um, great, great mm-hmm. thoughts and great ideas. Thank you. Um, Cindy, go ahead. I know you might have some closing uh, questions. I only have one, but it's very personal, so beware. I <laughs> got to know you when you were at the director of golf at uh, the LPGA International, where you allowed me to bring my students down to do boot camps. So I appreciate that, and I thank you. Um, you tend to be a quiet, uh, introverted, competitive person, and I admire you for the two roles that you play with the LPGA, which is mm. chief teaching officer of the teaching division and uh, president of the foundation. Or that is correct. Or director. So I want to know, because I've seen you in action, and I thought I worked hard, but you might have me beat. <laughs> and I want to know, what is your why? You know, that's a very um, good question, Cindy, and you're right. You know, I think um, I tend to be more one that sits back and only lets those who I trust kind of in that personal space. Um, But, you know, when I was at the golf course, um, it was a great job. It was very rewarding, and I was fortunate to be one of – I was actually, I think, one of the first female head golf professionals in the Orlando area and ended up being the director of golf general manager at LPGA International. So as a female, I was kind of able to elevate to a position in golf that, quite frankly, when I started in the game – Um, and started to go the business route, people said, oh, as a female, you'll never be a head golf professional. You'll never be a director of golf. 
Um, it's just something that back then um, never happened. So, of course, that made me want it more. Um, and because of that, because I got to that position and I got to see, um, you know, a lot of the professionals who came into LPGA International, when the opportunity came here to work at headquarters, um, it was exciting for me because I wanted to help open more doors for women in golf, whether it be through the, you know, administrative head professional end or, or whether it be as an independent teacher as yourself. I mean, I think our teachers are the most highly trained teachers in golf, which is one of the biggest secrets. And I think, you know, they deserve to have compensation that's equivalent to what a, a good male teacher makes. And I think we're making inroads in that area. But for me, my why was to open more doors uh, really for more women in golf and help them um, kind of elevate. And then when the foundation came to be, I actually raised my hand for that when the president of the foundation before me left. Um, and I asked Mike Juan, I said, you know, I really would like to combine girls golf and our um, teaching and club professional area because I think the way to grow it is to get our teachers engaged um, because at the time we only had about 70 of our teachers who were engaged. So, um, for me, watching a seven-year-old get the ball airborne and see that excitement and see, um, you know, her um, enjoyment in the game makes what I do worthwhile. So I guess, Cindy, my answer is when you love what you do, no work is, is too much, and it's fun. It really is. Well, I thank you for everything you do for all of us at the LPGA because I truly, truly admire what you do. Well, thank you for that, and I enjoy working with you um, on our executive committee and, and appreciate your leadership and input, and you're willing to step up and volunteer your time because, as we know, you're busy. <laughs> We're all busy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nancy, we want to thank you for coming on, and just very quickly, uh, for those uh, tuning into the show that want to learn more about uh, the new uh, LPJ Women's Golf Network platform. Uh, where can they go? What's the website link? And um... Um, it's very easy. It's it's all um, one lowercase LPGA Women's Network dot com. Um, you can also find it under LPGA dot com in the fan um, drop down. So you can go in either way to find it. And um, you know we hope that you know, more women get engaged and, you know, click to join. It's a free community. There's no charge to join, but um, we'd love to uh, to just get more women engaged in, in our uh, social space. Perfect. Well, Nancy, we want to thank you for, for joining us this morning and, and sharing that with us and sharing uh, some of your journey, <clears throat> excuse me, and maybe uh, in the new year you can come back and talk a little bit about your, your time uh, at uh, SMU uh, on the women's golf team. I think that would be for an interesting segment as well. So if you'd like to come back again, we'd love to have you. I'd love to be back anytime. All right. Thank sounds you, good. Thank you very much. All right. All right Thank you, you very day. much. Have a great YouTube. Bye now. Bye-bye. All right. That was a very special guest, uh, Nancy Henderson, uh, president of the LPJ Foundation and chief uh, teaching officer for the uh, LPJ Teaching and Club Professional Membership. Uh, great. Uh, another workhorse in the industry, Cindy. Um, you two uh, are, are, as they say, a chip off the old block. Um, both just uh, do phenomenal work to help grow this game. Um, we got to go. We're going to cut a little bit earlier um, this morning. We both uh, have some things to do, Cindy, but um, we want to take this opportunity to very quickly thank the fans and the followers uh, of the program for tuning in faithfully each and every week here on the Women of Golf Show uh, we love you for it. We thank you for it. And we hope you'll continue to help spread the word here. So on behalf of Cindy Miller and I, God bless everybody. Have a great week. And we'll see you next week right here on the Women of Golf Shoot. Thank you, Cindy. Thanks, Ted. Bye-bye.